Hey, everybody. We're in the midst of a few months of focusing on movement skills for climbers. But honestly, I'm not happy with just putting more info out there. So we're making an effort to not only collect the dots, but to connect the dots. And the main place I'm doing that is in our monthly newsletter, The Current. Once a month in your inbox, you'll get not a sales email, but my recent light bulb moments or interrogations of how we've always done things and what we could maybe be doing better. You'll also get the dots connected for you between all of the podcast episodes, blog posts, YouTube videos, and more so that together we can learn, grow, and excel. The link is right there in your show notes. Thanks for the support. What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Chris Hampton, and welcome to episode four of the Power Company Climbing podcast, brought to you by PowerCompanyClimbing.com, where the new website is up and running and functional, uh, and I'm really glad not to have to be building that right now. Uh, And special thanks to my friend Yasmeen Fowler, who is a coding ninja, essentially, and to my friend Blake Cash for helping me get all of the blog posts reformatted so they didn't look ridiculous and so that the old links still worked because that's a huge part of it. And thanks to you guys because traffic's been nonstop and the ebooks are still selling and I'm psyched for all of it. Uh, we're growing here. Nate just put up his first post on the site uh, and I appreciate Nate's writing because he's. Uh, he doesn't ramble and rant like I do. Uh, he's very thoughtful and meticulous. And I just tend to type things out in an angry fit and hit post. And I don't really care who I offend. And Nate tries not to offend people, which is, that's a good thing. I'm glad to have that balance. So check Nate's post out. Uh, there's going to be a lot more. He's got some columns on the way, regular columns. And uh, I just like his writing, so... Go check it out. We are also working on a new uh, new platform at Power Company Climbing just to be able to handle more people because we've been uh, swamped. And it doesn't take much to swamp us because we're, we're only two right now. But we're working on that. So if you want to get some training in and all the plans are sold out, keep checking back. Pretty soon we're going to have some new things up there for you. We've also got ebooks, of course, and that's actually what we're here to talk about today. Um, I, my friend Paul Corsaro and I have been working on a Kettlebells for Climbers training plan uh, that's built specifically to be able to work with your climbing training plan, uh, whatever that may be, if it's one of ours, if it's someone else's, if it's your own concoction, totally fine. Uh, we've built it so that it'll work within your training. And I've actually known Paul for uh, seven or eight years, I guess. Maybe a little longer than that. <clears throat> yeah, longer than that. Maybe ten years ago. Gosh, I don't know. I'm old now. And uh, 
We met in the Red River Gorge where he was spending a couple of seasons. I believe he was in college at the time. And luckily he didn't go down the the dirtbag path and drop out of school and just become a rock climbing bum. Instead, he continued and got his degree in uh, movement and sports science from Purdue University. Uh, He's also now a certified personal trainer, a strong first level one kettlebell instructor, and he is the strength coach at Scenic City Strength and Fitness in Chattanooga. So if you're in Chatty and you're looking to get strong, uh, Paul's the guy to talk to. He works with a bunch of climbers down there. And uh, if you've ever met Tennessee climbers, uh, you know that they're burly and they're strong. And Paul has something to do with that. So check him out at Scenic City Strength and Fitness if you're in the area. Uh, Paul and I sat down in his kitchen over, actually it was in his dining room, I guess. I don't make those distinctions because I live in a teeny tiny little house and they're all one room and the same for me. But Paul and I sat down in his house over coffee one morning and just chatted about our Kettlebells for Climbers plan. And I like that Paul's kind of a no-nonsense, but also doesn't get too technical. He talks to you like a person. Uh, He talks to you about Uh, strength culture and lifting as if you're a person and not as if you're a robot who understands every technical aspect of uh, the body and physiology and kinesiology Um, so you can understand him and I like that because I'm not interested in being a scientist I have zero interest in being a scientist Uh, I just want to get strong and I want to go rock climbing I want to understand why it's happening and Paul's good at explaining all that And we actually recorded this maybe the day after, maybe the day before. I don't quite recall. Um, I did my second V10. Paul did his first uh, hustle and flow down at the hospital boulders in Alabama. Uh, Shout out to the SEC because they provide a they they own the hospital boulders, which means we own the hospital boulders. And I think it's important to shout those guys out for doing what they do for Climber Access. But anyway, I'm not saying that it was the Kettlebell's plan that caused us to climb that. But it might have been. Take it for what you will. Anyway, let's get into this thing. It just helps kind of reinforce the idea that strength is a skill. So something I'm curious about, um, kettlebells are kind of somewhat new to the American fitness culture, you know, in the grand scheme of things anyway. What was your first experience with kettlebells and why were you attracted to them? Um, So I was uh, about two or three years ago. I I was working down here and I just wanted something different. I was doing some barbell work and some dumbbell work and just on a whim, bought a book called Simple and Sinister by Pavel Satsulin. Mm-hmm. He's a guy who kind of brought kettlebells over here and uh, yeah, started kind reading Kind of an it. evil Russian genius. Yeah, yeah. Yep. the real monotone comrade type of guy. But, um, yeah, comrade. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I bought the book and read. And like I had taught swings and get-ups before uh, when I was working up in Indianapolis and a little bit down here. And 
I was really impressed with the simplicity and detail of that book and just how effective that program was where basically you just do swings and get-ups five, six days a week and just not a whole lot of volume, but just I liked the idea of practice and the no-nonsense. And I get thrown off thrown off by really complicated programs. I It's easy yeah. to get off track and just I love the simplicity of it and started playing around with kettlebells. and Yeah, you and everybody else gets thrown off yeah. by complex programs but uh yeah so i started playing around with that uh went to a kettlebell user course in atlanta taught by like the strong first people um really like just some of the techniques they use a lot of the tension techniques where irradiation where you're squeezing and getting the shoulders working and getting core tension going just by activating almost every muscle in your body as hard as you can and uh that helped press stronger weights, and it seemed to make sense for climbing, too. Um, if you can generate more tension, it's more likely you'll stay on the wall and all that. So, yeah. So you already had your exercise science degree. Yes. Is that what your degree is? Yes, M- movement and sports science. Okay. Yeah, and you already Purdue. had that degree before you'd ever... Yes, that's true. And okay. there really wasn't a whole lot of talk about kettlebells and stuff through there. Um, you always saw people kind of moving around the little tiny kettlebells, like the 10, 15-pound ones. Right, or, right. Um, and it was cool to uh, start playing with some of the bigger ones and realizing that they weren't just a cardio tool. They can be used for building strength in a really effective way. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's one of the misnomers about kettlebells. Definitely, in my experience, when I you know first came across kettlebells, it was more CrossFit-style you know, 8 million swings at a time, kind of a, a workout. But I'm definitely finding now um, that, that I've been going through this Kettlebells for Climbers program that, mm-hmm. we're, that we're working on, that I'm really liking them as a strength tool, um, partly because it, it just activates your core all the time, yep. you know, more so than a lot of the lifts I grew up with mm-hmm. uh, before kettlebells and crazy Russian evil geniuses yeah. were here. Um, so are kettlebells the main tool you use now? Uh, yes, I do mostly kettlebell work. I do some barbell work when I need to load stuff a little bit heavier, but mm-hmm. the vast majority of the stuff I do are kettlebells. Okay. What's, um, what are the specific exercises you would rather do with a barbell as opposed to kettlebell work like what 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 are the things you do with a barbell now honestly i do barbell deadlifts and Mm. just because you can load it up a little heavier um i use kettlebell deadlifts as a teaching tool to kind of build into that but once someone's ready we'll use a barbell deadlift because you can load it more and when you're going for lower reps you can work higher uh higher weights so yep and kettlebells there can be big ones, but they can be expensive, and you can't really use them for a whole lot else. If you're buying a kettlebell for purely deadlifts, you could probably get a barbell and get more utility out of that. Yeah, no doubt. So one of the things I really love about kettlebell training, and I, you know, this was kind of brought up in my talk with, with Steve Bechtel uh, on resistance training for climbers, is that the kettlebells don't come in, you know, two pound increments right you know they you buy a couple of bells and a couple of sizes and you just you have to master that lower weight before you move up to the heavier weight and and if you get ambitious and try the heavier weight too soon 
it's just not going to let you do it. No. Like, no. especially with like a get up or anything overhead. Uh, and I really love that about it because you're really mastering the movement pattern mm-hmm. instead of just trying to add a half a pound mm-hmm. and go up. Um, and it just helps kind of reinforce the idea that strength is a skill. Like you have yeah, to practice exactly. every aspect of that skill and then doing it with the, maybe <clears throat> not your absolute pure maximum weight, but staying on, you know, your working bell for a good amount of time, you're going to be able to practice some of the finer points of that. And mm-hmm. by dialing in your technique, you're just going to just get more practice, kind of getting that groove a little deeper and just making it more subconscious in a way where you don't have to consciously think about, all right, now I need to squeeze, dig my heels into the ground, squeeze my glutes as hard as I can, right? crush the handle with my hands. It just starts becoming second nature. And then over time, that's going to help you work for a heavier bell, but there's no need to rush it for sure. Yeah. And I, I don't know why this is, but for me, um, kettlebells apply to climbing a little better for me because I think of climbing movements kind of in terms of a flip book like if you you know you take even a single move on a boulder problem and it can have four or five small parts to it right that are then broken down into even smaller parts you know so there might be 10 12 things to focus on in one single move right. and if you take if you take a flip book and you take one page out of the flip book whatever that action is that's happening doesn't work as well right and it's the same way with kettlebell movement, you know, if you take out a small part of it, the rest of it starts to fall apart. Mm-hmm. And you can notice that pretty easily, which is something that I didn't ever experience, you know, lifting like I did in high school or in college yeah. uh, with with barbells or what was popular then was hammer strength machines. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't you don't get that then. But with kettlebells, I do. Yeah. If I'm if I miss a part, I know I missed a part. And yeah, and especially I, I think the perfect mm. example of that is the getup. Like if you yeah. rush through a transition stage, like you may not notice the difference right there, but maybe two steps later, the bell's going to get a little wobbly, or you're just not. Yep. You're going to have to bail and get that bell down safely, however you can, because one of those small subtle details, if you skip over it, it adds up, and you can't do it. Yeah, it's good. yeah. Self limiting. Yeah, I really love that about about kettlebell work, especially the get up. And, yeah. and I, you know, you know that I just had, and most of the people listening know that I just had shoulder surgery in April, um, this past April. And I was, uh, one of my goals after working out a lot of the summer in Steve Bechtel's gym in Lander was to be able to do a, a halfway decent get up again right. fairly soon. And and now that I have started doing them and have gotten better and better and better at them, I'm not afraid of overhead work like I might have been had I followed the traditional, you know, lightweight on a machine right. kind of kind of workouts that that a therapist would have me do. Not that I didn't do those things because I have done them, especially in the beginning mm-hmm. stages. But I think it's really important to be able to do something like the Turkish Get Up and and build confidence overhead. Absolutely. And I think a lot of climbers, even if they haven't had shoulder surgery, mm-hmm. just aren't that strong overhead. Yeah, I've seen that a lot. Um, I've been lucky enough to work with some pretty strong climbers pretty recently, and I have noticed that their pressing strength overhead is honestly pretty woeful. It's just yeah. not very good. And if you think about it, a lot of us live in that overhead position a lot. 
when we're climbing. Yeah. And if we're weak up there, could lead to some issues uh, further on. And you see people in the gym doing their shoulder presses and all that. And especially like at climbing gyms now, uh, the shoulder press is a pretty popular exercise. But it's still with a little bit better technique. And maybe you see people do ham- hammering out sets of 10 or so. And maybe with a little bit lower lower reps, they can work a little bit heavier and work on some of those finer points of, you know, getting the core tight, not flaring out in their ribs when they're pressing yep. and all that. And just a little bit more attention to that. And you get a little bit stronger shoulders and get that press strength up. But yep. that's yep. definitely something I've noticed in climbers is their pressing is not nearly as strong as some of the other movement patterns. Yeah. How much do you think that, that mobility plays into that. Cause I've, in my experience, climbers have pretty horrible yep. mobility in their shoulders. Uh, Probably I, not as bad as baseball pitchers, but, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, or pitchers have just weird mobility. You know, they're hypermobile in some places mm-hmm. and have no mobility in others, but uh, climbers definitely have bad mobility in their shoulders. How much do you think kettlebells can act as some sort of corrective measure? in that respect i yeah definitely um uh one of the guys i follow a lot he's been a big influence to me his name's charlie weingroff he's a physical therapist and a strength coach um he's he said uh the best thoracic extension exercise you could do is a heavy press mm-hmm. um and climbers they have that hunch forward posture mm-hmm. usually yep. and thoracic extension is something they could definitely work for and when done correctly working on good technique pressing something overhead if you don't have any other structural or soft tissue limitations they can definitely start layering in some stability there and kind of putting some glue or cement into that movement pattern and helping kind of preserve or gain a little bit mobility yeah for sure yeah and i've been i've definitely been toying with different different things with the kettlebell like arm bars and yep that's a good one too things like that just to work on continue working on my shoulder mobility particularly the one that i you know the one that i injured I think it's it'd be hard to go wrong with arm bars. It'd be hard to go wrong with arm bars, presses, and get ups when yep. done intelligently. Because arm bars get you that rotation or opening up of the shoulder in a more sideways motion. Pressing gets you going overhead, and then get ups. We've talked a lot about the get ups, and they're just kind of the best exercise ever. Yeah, um, yeah. They kind of hit every direction you need for shoulders. Yeah, and core and, and just hips. just recently on my blog. Um, because I put out the, and I know I've said his name a bunch of times here, um, but because I put out the episode with Steve Bechtel yeah, recently. I uh, I was lucky enough to meet him up at a kettlebell certification this past May. And after, I mean, he's been on training beta and your thing. And yep. I wish I had a chance to talk to him more. He's, he's uh, he knows what he's talking about. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. Well, recently on my blog, he answered a couple of questions for, uh, some of the readers and listeners, and uh, he noted that he loves get-ups, but he feels they're more of a a core movement as opposed to a strength movement until you can do pretty close to half body weight get-ups. Yeah. And I hadn't really thought of it in those, you know, in, in terms of that, but I'm definitely in the camp where it's still a core movement for me. Mm-hmm. And probably will be for a long time. Um, and I think most climbers are probably going to be in that camp as yeah. well. However, I definitely think the get-up is one of the best core movements that, that climbers can do. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts on core movement versus strength movement? And 
and just why climbers should be doing get-ups in general. Oh, well, yeah, we talked about the shoulder aspect, which is a good one, and the yep. core aspect, too. Um, just being able to keep everything stable and not moving in your core with something heavy overhead while we're moving around under it. So if you think about it, the up, the working arm, well, they're both working arms, but the kettlebell arm is extended having load. Your other arm in a lot of the positions is extended almost under you. So you're, you're reaching out, you're pressing, and then being able to control that, limit any movement through your core, keeping your spine straight, and then moving your legs under it. If you think about it from a climbing perspective, a lot of times you're trying to keep everything locked down tight in your midsection, um, pulling with your legs, moving with your legs, moving with your arms without trying to move too much to that midsection. So there's some carryover to that, I think. Um, I think one of the best parts about the get-up core-wise is that first stage, that roll to elbow. Yeah. And uh, it teaches you to kind of keep everything straight and long and kind of pivot over that down arm. And especially when you get heavier, you notice this. If you try and do a sit-up, like it just doesn't work. It's a roll to your elbow, and uh, that kind of goes in line with uh, core training should be about resisting movement through your midsection, not creating mm. movement. Your cores are stabilizers first and foremost. And yep. that's why crunches and all that will, I think crunches are good for people who have very little uh, fitness histories or backgrounds, just kind of getting them into yeah, yeah, the doing a little bit of work. Plank right. crunch yeah. kind of core work. Yeah. Well, yeah, planks are, <laughs> planks are way better than crunches because you're not moving the core. You're doing that same thing. You're right. keeping everything tight, preventing movement. Yep. Um, but yeah, so the get-ups are great because you've got a weight overhead. You're working with the down arm. You're moving under it and doing some pretty, they can be pretty technical movements, but your midsection's not moving. It's strong and stable, kind of like climbing. Yeah, something that you just said reminded me of this. Um, so the other coach with the power company, uh, Nate Drolet, yeah. who also coaches with you at scenic mm-hmm. city strength and fitness um or does some coaching work there with yes. you he uh he said something to me about jimmy webb's climbing that was really interesting and i had never really noticed it that that jimmy before he makes moves puts his body into a position and he uses his incredible core strength to get into these positions that make the move much easier yes. than it looks for a lot of people. And and I've noticed that now that I've watched Jimmy after talking with Nate about it, that he definitely moves his body into static positions from which he can create momentum if he needs it or he can make the move. Right. But his body goes into these positions first. And, and that's a lot like you're talking about with the get-up, that you have to move your body into mm-hmm. a position get tight and then make the next right. movement. Every so. move sets up the next move. So there's, yeah. you can't really, you can't really take one move out of the getup and work on that. It's all, it's all connected. Yeah. Which, yeah. That's super important. Which kind of like climbing it's, you can work moves in isolation on a lot of things, but once you tie it together, they can be a completely different beast. If you've done all the moves on something and then doing it all from the ground and a link is, it can be very different feelings yeah no doubt one of the other things i really like about the get up is it it's a great it lets you know how tired you are even even if you don't know it even if you don't feel the fatigue yet you know if your nervous system's tired and you're ignoring that and you go to do a get up at your normal weight whatever that is 
it's pretty obvious from that first roll up onto your elbow mm-hmm. that you're tired. Yep, that leg will kick up, or you'll get yeah, a little exactly. bit of wobble in that shoulder, and yep. Yep. yeah, yeah, you look uh, you look like a bug on your back trying to stabilize, yep. swinging your limbs around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've done that way too much yep. lately. It it happens <laughs> for sure. We're all, we've all been there, that's for sure. Yeah, so let's talk about um, the the kettlebell swing because that's kind of where most people come into contact with the kettlebell first <laughs> is through swings. And for me, I really I really kind of fell in love with the swing because of the the powerful nature of that hip extension. Yeah. And that feels a lot more like uh, like the strength that you need and the power that you need for rock climbing. Mm-hmm. And and I don't think people get that. I think you need to build strength with heavy deadlifts. Yes. You know, I love barbell deadlifts, same as you. And and you definitely should be doing them as part of your your strength program. But I really love the powerful extension you get through swings. And I don't I don't generally ask climbers to try and learn um, you know, barbell cleans and barbell snatches and the more powerful barbell work unless they're pretty pretty right. damned experienced. Mm-hmm. You know, but the but the swing is accessible. It's it's very accessible. Like you mentioned the Olympic lifts and a lot of times with the Olympic lifts you need a lot of wrist and wrist and elbow mobility or mm-hmm. pretty strong wrists and elbows and that's another kind of problem spot for a lot of climbers is especially wrists. I know my yeah. wrists are horrible. I can't really do front squats with the bar or uh cleans or cause just catching it tears my wrists up. But the swing you just need good relatively you don't need extreme hip mobility demands. Um, you just need to be able to move pretty well. And then it's more of a technique thing where you explode through and then hold that isometric plank at the top, which is cool too. Cause a lot of climbing, you need to yeah. get a little momentum, pop through a foothold or drive, catch the hold and then hold that isometric attraction to latch the hold. So yep. there's some similarity there. And like you said, the swing's very accessible. It can be learned pretty quickly and you can just keep playing with that for forever. Like yep. there's always little things you can focus on. Uh, you can you do it for strength with lower reps. Uh, you can do more conditioning or energy system training with some timed longer, longer practice sessions with the swing. So there's a lot of utility to it. And that's what I enjoy. That's another thing I really enjoy about kettlebells. You don't need a lot yet. You can do a lot with it and it just makes things simpler. And, um, yeah, I like that you can progress the swing too from, you know, in a bunch of different ways, you can go from two-handed swings to one-arm swings and then you can learn to you know switch hands at the top of the swing and you're progressing it in a in a movement skill type way you know and then of course you can go into snatches and and things like that which i really love the snatch as Mm -hmm. well but but i like that you can start off with that two-handed swing yeah, and it and it doesn't. I don't think that works as well with a barbell, especially if you're training by yourself or right. if you're you if you don't have a background in you know weightlifting culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, once you uh, once you get down to just the barbell deadlift off the ground, the only way you can really progress that safely is add more weight in a smart manner. Like you start cutting rest periods, your form starts getting bad. You start setting yourself up for some trouble. But um, swings, yeah, you can do time progressions. You can do different swing movements. Like I love the one arm swing, especially for rock climbers, because you get some core trying to fight that rotation. Yeah, there's tons you got stability happening mm-hmm, there. Yeah. And the shoulder, you get some supplemental grip strength work. Uh, 
a lot of my general population clients, uh, they really get a good forearm burn from a one-arm swing. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it, you need a lot more load for climbers because we're a lot more sure. versed in That's what we do getting day. pumped. Yeah. But um, I think that you get some good grip strength work, even for climbers. It's good to have some sub-max, just practice holding a weight, trying to fly away from you and uh, controlling it back down and popping it back up with good form. Yep. That controlling the weight that's flying away from you just reminded me of, uh, I've been doing this, like I said before, this kettlebell for climbers that we've been working on. Yeah. And I gave no credit at all. Uh, and this is, you know, my, my major mistake, but I gave no credit at all to loaded carries <clears throat> and, and you've got me doing them and I'm really loving these kind of unilateral suitcase and half rack carries with the kettlebell and the and I all the people who have been up in the engine room when I'm doing these when my fiance and I are doing these kettlebell workouts they've heard me say it 20 times like wow this is way mm -hmm. harder than I they're expect sneaky. it to be you know they're very sneaky and I, I just love that you can use these things in so many different ways yeah and uh it's cool too because once you get all the those components relatively uh controlled so you got your swings get ups presses carries then we can start playing with it and start kind of tying them together while you go swings and put it up into the half rack position and walk with it yep that just builds time under tension you're getting some conditioning training and carries are great for posture and building just total body strength yep and uh, what i've found with the complex is too once you get to that point you can start tying stuff together i've had a couple climbers work with me who've commented that being able to do stuff with good form while you're tired and keep the technique down is a uh, very similar mentally in a way when you're climbing pumped, uh, a lot of times when you get pumped, your technique gets terrible. Yeah. The same and, things are firing in your brain. Mm -hmm, <clears throat> just for sure. Understanding you're tired, but staying present and focusing on doing the little moves, right. Doing the subtleties, right. Yep. And you'll be able to go a lot longer, but we've played with some complexes with some climbers and they've had some success on more of their, some of their more endurancey routes or stuff that require them to be very precise when tired. Yeah. And they attribute that to a lot of the mental kind of mental familiarity from playing around with those complexes and being, being able to understand you're tired and okay, just breathe through it, do the moves, rest when I need to rest. So, yep. And the, let's talk just, just on a kind of a side tangent here. Um, since we're talking about loaded carries and get ups and swings and all these different movements you can do with the kettlebell climbers in particular, and I, and I imagine general population as well, but, but climbers in particular, because they're so much stronger at pulling hinging type movements mm -hmm. than they are at anything overhead or anything pressing, you know, and you can, you can see that if you've ever watched somebody try a Southern, top out yep. you know that they they just can't press themselves up mm. at all you know they might they might be able to pull v12 and then yep. they have to press themselves up off of one of these nasty slopey top outs and they, and they just stuck. can't do it but at any rate um let's talk about bell choice okay. um for me i'm finding that i need to skip a bell size and and it, so Kettlebells mostly come in, or at least traditionally, they came in kilos instead right. of pounds. Yeah, and some of the, the better kettlebell brands still offer them in the kilos. Um, 
but they also have the weights on them as well. But, right. Uh, yeah. Usually eight eight ish pound jumps. Okay. Are the standard. Yep. And so for me, it's been better to find my my overhead press weight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you suggested a weight that I could do about five to eight times. Five to eight program, times, yeah. right? And then I need to skip a bell size up and go to the next one for my swings right. and you know any of the pulling type work. Mm-hmm. And I think that, like you mentioned, just goes towards climbers' tendencies to be a lot stronger pulling than pushing. And yep. over time, it'd be nice to get those bells a little closer to the maybe not the same size, but so we don't have to skip. Uh, skip a bell in between but yeah definitely to get better adaptations for this program probably having a heavier bell and a lighter bell for the one bell program would be a way to go although if you only have access or means for one bell definitely go with the press size bell because you're still able to do all the movements and you can still get benefits from lighter swings and like i mentioned before the practice or skill element of it and the uh kind of mental Mm -hmm mental techniques of getting everything to activate right and just doing the skill right will get you benefits regardless no of the way. Yeah. 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 And I noticed that Pavel, the evil Russian genius, <laughs> you know, he's, he suggests a, a specific bell size for, for men and women that they should be using. And I definitely cannot use his bell suggestion yeah. for the overhead work. And I definitely think 20, of myself as 24 a 24 kilo, I believe. Right. Yeah. I the think so. One. Yeah. And I can't use that bell for for overhead stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think of myself as pretty fit, but uh, we are weaklings, comrade. You know, <laughs> when compared to to evil Russian True. geniuses. So, and that being said, too, I think that recommendations more towards people who don't necessarily do what I do. What climbers do, right? Um, right. Climbers, on average, tend to be a little bit smaller than mm-hmm. a lot of other strength yeah, enthusiasts yeah. and just because it's more to our benefit to be a little bit smaller and yeah i'm a little bit on the larger side for climbers i'd feel like um i'm around say probably 175 180 right now and yep. a lot of the stronger climbers are a lot yeah you're the guy that breaks the holds off of all of our projects i try to i yeah. try to <laughs> but i don't break them because i don't climb hard enough to climb the hard project <laughs> i'd like to eventually but yeah you're right we're we're kind of not only are we lopsided a little in the pushing pulling, or a lot in the pushing pulling, but we're also definitely smaller athletes. Yeah. So, so I'd say mm. a great bell for climbers to work up to to have a good size working bell would be the twenty kilo or the forty four. I think if you're if you're able to get some presses down with that, good set of three or five, you're in a pretty <clears throat> good place. Yep. Eventually, pressing wise. Eventually, Eventually, yeah. Take your time, build up that. to it. Yeah. No one wants a blown out shoulder. It kind of hampers a climbing season when you're hurt yeah and like you said before which i think is super important to highlight is that strength is a skill Mm -hmm. so just getting antsy about oh i need to have more weight and i need to be using more weight isn't necessarily the way to go you should get better at using the weight you have and you got to think about too what what are we doing this for we're not pressing kettlebells or doing turkish get-ups so we can do a heavier get-up we're pressing kettlebells and doing get up so we can be better rock climbers. Right. So as long as you're doing the skill right and getting good technique uh, technique changes out of it and getting stronger for rock climbing, that's where you're at. If you're trying to press a heavier bell and you hurt, hurt yourself and you can't rock climb, you've kind of 
yeah, that's, made some stupid that's fail choices. number one yeah. right there. Mm-hmm. And you know, I don't, I don't necessarily hate CrossFit, but this is not CrossFit people. Nope. Period. Not at all. Yeah. Like that goes, mm-hmm. going back to uh, the fatigue thing, where fatigue degrades skill. Um, when you're doing a lot of strength training programs, it's a good idea to rest and give yourself maybe more rest than you think you need because you want to practice good skill. And if you're tired, uh, inevitably your skill performance is going to suffer a little bit. So that's why, especially yeah. when we're playing around with this kettlebells uh, for climbers program, uh, we're pretty lenient on the rest. We don't really give you a, oh, you only have a minute before this next set. Right, like, right. Take as much time as you need. If your form starts to get a little sloppy, set the bell down, step back, breathe, try and recover a little bit. Yeah. Which is a good skill to have too as a climber, being able to know when you need to rest or when you can punch through something or just being able to rest and get that heart rate back down and yep, exactly and get some juice back. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm definitely drinking the Kool Aid, man. Um, I'm definitely digging kettlebells. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you, there's going to be barbell work that I'm doing regardless, but but I'm loving these kettlebells. And just to kind of recap. And you jump in here too, but the things that I definitely think are great about kettlebells for climbers, uh, or just for even for general public, but but I really love that you don't have to have right. tons of implements. Like you, you can have two kettlebells, and you're good for a long. You're good for time. a long while. Yeah, yeah. I think that's one of the coolest things because you're mm-hmm. not spending a ton of money they don't take up a ton of space right i mean if you on a road trip say if, if you wanted to i don't know how your training would be on a road trip but you could put that in your trunk take it with you like, yeah in fact probably the first time i ever saw a climber using kettlebells was uh pat goodman years yeah. ago in the trunk of his car he was in the red and he had a kettlebell That's in the awesome. back of his car and i was just like this dude is a nut, you know. That is awesome. Um, so he and Jessa were both really into him back then. Um, so, at any rate, I love that, and and it's just cool to move around a big ball mm-hmm. of iron. Everyone likes you know? to swing something heavy around, and yeah, you def- you feel super cool when you're yep. doing that, and everybody else are doing their TRX workouts. Yep. Uh, nothing which wrong are, with TRX. Don't don't get yep. me wrong. I I definitely have people yep. work out on TRX, mm-hmm. and I use it myself for a lot of things. So mm-hmm. no no shade thrown at the TRX people. There's a lot of right ways to get strong for sure. Yeah. There's no no one way, and everything else is wrong for sure. But there's ways certain people enjoy more than others. Like we were talking about, we both like kettlebells a lot. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I like it for those reasons. I like it that it's a it lets you know that it's a movement, a movement skill. Right. Where for me, a lot of other weightlifting doesn't do that. It's a uh, ties everything together. You need all of your body to do these movements, even a swing where you say it's more of a hamstring or a glute exercise. I mean, your shoulders need to be tight. Your core needs to turn on at the right time. You've got to be able to drive through the ground using your feet. You got to stay tall through your upper body and your head and neck. So it, goes to show how movement's not just a muscle here or a muscle there or stuff in isolation like everything works together and it really emphasizes that and something gets a little out of whack you can feel it and you know yep, yep. and i don't know why this just popped into my head but do you think you can ever get too strong for kettlebells because i definitely see people climbers who've looked at them and thought you know 
that they're not going to be able to use them for that long because they're too badass and too strong. Yeah, they're wrong. Yeah. Yeah. You 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 can always get stronger. You can always find something to work on. Um yeah. one of the guys I uh another influence of mine, he's a strong first uh one of the main strong first guys, a guy named Brett Joan. He said once, uh I've done a perfect swing once. I'm still trying to find it again. Yeah. So like there's always little little bits and pieces you could practice or if you're too strong for that kettlebell, try and get a heavier kettlebell, but be careful about it. But, yeah. Yeah, and that's good to note that you know you've, he's done a perfect swing one time because I definitely yeah. have not done a perfect yeah. swing, and I feel Neither like I. <laughs> when I'm in there swinging, I, I feel like I'm still working on tiny little subtleties, which is exactly what I'm doing when I'm when I'm climbing. Exactly. You know, when I'm working on a, a ridiculously hard move that's that's ridiculously hard for me then I'm finding, like I said before about the flip book, I'm finding all these little things mm-hmm. I need to work on. And it's the same with swings. It's definitely the same with Turkish get-ups. I'm about a million miles away from being able to do a great Turkish get-up, uh, even with a lightweight. So I really appreciate that about working with kettlebells. Mm-hmm. There's a lot, of, a lot of similarities. And you can do that. Honestly, you can practice that little aspects of the skill of strength with any exercise modality really but yeah no doubt no doubt you you can definitely practice it with anything but for me kettlebells seem to highlight it it. yeah yeah Yeah, they show me that that's what's wrong for sure and yeah especially we were out bouldering the other day and little subtle subtle things make a huge difference between making a move feel impossible or or being like oh this is actually doable and it makes sense so it's good to have that mental mental skill to work on the little subtle stuff that maybe you can't see or you can only just barely feel, but those make the biggest difference a lot of times. Yeah. Well, I, like I said, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid and I definitely appreciate you working with me on this, you know, kettlebells for climbers plan and I'm excited to get it out there. Yeah, me too. Um, any, any closing thoughts for you just on kettlebells in general or, or using kettlebells for climbing training or um, anything I think you want to say? If you're curious, uh, the two movements you probably need to know more than anything else um, are the swing and the get-up. We've mm-hmm. talked about those pretty extensively today. Uh, if you don't know how to do one, I'd say the biggest thing about swing, it does not go overhead. You swing out and your hips get tall through it. Yep, and uh, it's more hinge than a squat. It is not a squat at all. Yeah, you it don't, don't want to yep. be squatting yep. down to the floor yep. when you do it and yeah, we could we could talk for two hours about some of the yeah, finer exactly. technique uh, technique details of the swings and get-ups, but if you are unsure about how to do it, find a strong first or RKC instructor in your area. They uh, seem to do the best job uh, teaching the swing and playing with some of the other aspects of strength. But uh, you can't really go wrong with those two movements for climbing training. They're they're great for you, so play with them. Cool. Yeah. Thanks, Paul. I no appreciate problem. it. Thank you. Play with them. Those are words of wisdom from Paul Corsaro. Uh, You should have fun strength training. And uh, it should be a good time. And you should learn about it. So get to it. Um, The program's up. It's out there. I put it up at 12.01 a.m. Early, early this morning. And a couple of you have already bought it. So you're watching. I appreciate that. Uh, Powercompanyclimbing.com. That's where you can find it. Click on the Train With Us tab, go to the ebooks, 
you'll find kettlebells for climbers there. Uh, it's a 12-week plan meant to work with your climbing training, so get right on it. Um, also, if you happen to be in the Knoxville area or Tennessee in general and want to come down to Knoxville, uh, Nate and I will be running a couple of workshops at Onsite Climbing Gym on uh, April 22nd and April 23rd. And we're going to be bringing those workshops. Uh, we're going to travel with them. Uh, not sure exactly where yet, but we're looking forward to getting those out and about. And uh, hope to see you guys out at your gyms. Uh, you can find us on Pinterest. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook. No Twitters. We don't tweet. We scream like eagles. See you next time. Maybe you don't know. Maybe this time, 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 this